Hey, it's Cam. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful, and I'm going to go ahead and invoke this into being. This will be helpful. I sense that this podcast episode is going to be a real banger because I'm feeling good, and that's a pretty good indicator of where things are headed in general. Now, before we dive in, I would like to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, me for making a bunch of meditations that you can sit down and listen to and i will guide you somewhere (laughs) from nowhere to everywhere from something to nothing from a state of doing to just being so if you would like to check those out the link is in the description below happy meditating without further ado let's dive in today i would like to talk about belonging and fitting in, and the layers of social oppressions we must navigate in order to find and express our truest selves. Now, what is this truest self? Where do I find it? How do I meet it? It's a daily process and a daily practice. You can't know it in its entirety. It doesn't really fit within a conceptual definition. You cannot find the border of it. There is no edge. So don't worry about finding that truest self in the form of something that you can describe and label and categorize. This is more of a feeling, an experiential sensation where you feel embodied, present, grounded, cohesive, aligned in accordance with your intentions, with your dharma, with your nature, with your purpose, with your presence itself. A state where there are no masks there are no pretenses to maintain a state of being and not having to think about how it is you should be now of course the process of finding yourself and liberating the shackles of conditioning so that we may step into that highest self so to speak is One of unlearning, unlearning the things that we've been taught and given and shown and recoding those learnings with intentional architecture of life, of mind, of self, and of purpose. We live in a world where we are constantly reminded to be something greater, to be something more to ascend, to transcend, to find what it is we are good at and become the best version of ourselves. And that whisper, it could be a shout, it could be... hmm. And there's a powerful voice within us that says we're meant for more. It speaks from the cradle of one's soul, and for some it's a whisper. For others, it is a shout. For some, it is just a deep, resolute knowing, a faith that doesn't require our immediate senses and what they perceive in order to give us this feeling to believe in. But something quiets this voice, something puts it to the side. It gets meeker and weaker the more we preside in a society that 
on the surface says they celebrate uniqueness while they sacrifice their personal integrity to fit into the collective norm. This is a process of fitting in versus belonging. Fitting in is something I've always felt pretty good at. I can fit in, no problem. Tweak a few of the dials, shift this mask, be quick to oblige, happy with a smile. Not really realizing that this constant shape-shifting to suit what I think is an appropriate response for this moment dampens the version of myself that just wants to come just wants to come to the surface and be me. We subtly manipulate the inner to suit the outer, not recognizing that the outer is full of people that are doing the same thing, adhering to these social norms and social parameters without even being fully conscious that we're doing so. Fitting in is easy. Just be a chameleon. Belonging, though. Belonging is more elusive. Belonging is more potent, profound. Belonging is the secret sauce, baby. So how do we find that? How do I feel like I belong? How can I do that when I feel alone? First, I think we got to recognize that we're dealing with some primordial shit here. Our brain, our nervous system is old. We don't know how old. They said it was 200,000 years old and then 300,000 and then 600,000 and now we're in the millions and things just keep getting older. So the key point there is that we have something that was trained on millions of years of hard core evolutionary data, real survival. There's a reason that your body is capable of incredible feats when under fight or flight. We are the best long distance runners on the planet and we ascended the primordial food chain through will, through a sheer stubbornness to continue surviving and allowing that will to overcome our lack of claws and big sharp teeth and the shoulders of a silverback gorilla. We had this thing that just did not stop, this power that rose from within, that sustained our life despite the unbridled chaos that I'm sure evolution pertained. Contained? Pertained to? So, because of the intensity and I dare say just overall hecticness of the evolutionary process, our brain created some correlations. One of those correlations is social inclusion versus exclusion. Our brain associates social exclusion with physical pain, with something to be avoided. We do not want to be excluded because, historically speaking, exclusion meant death. You need the tribe to survive. If the tribe kicks you out, you will be wandering the plains alone, not conducive to survival, certain doom. <laughs> 
And as a result, we seek comfort. We seek comfort in the form of security and conformity. And these comforts should not be understated. They are very important to feel like we are a cohesive member of society is to be able to look around and see something that you recognize, see something that you are a part of. These are important things. And the message of this podcast is not to go out and intentionally be a wild freak. The intention is to hopefully recognize some of the things that limit us, the social oppressions that dampen our being, our spirit, whatever the spark is that you want to call us. So because of our association with exclusion and pain, we avoid it. We avoid anything that could put us outside of the tribe, outside of the collective norm. And to do this, we chip away pieces of our integrity and our creativity and our feelings and those feelings translation into language. We put down the uniqueness of our individual personalities in favor of whatever the collective norms are. We do this consciously and unconsciously. Every time we bite back a statement about how we truly feel, every time our ability to communicate gets derailed by somebody else's needs, every time we don't pick out a cool piece of clothing because, oh no, what would they think? These are all different layers of oppression. Oppression derived from the perception that if we were to step too far outside of the bounds, we would be alone. Part of that's true. The expression of your truest self and the creation of that life and the person that lives it means that you are letting go of some things. Creation requires destruction, and when you grow, you leave something behind. There's always something. Patterns, perceptions, beliefs, truths, excuses, friends. We can't expect anybody to get us in our entirety. So we don't want to do anything that risks our position within the social hierarchy. But how many of these relationships are we holding on to just because they're there? We go, I don't want to do anything that makes those people judge me. But if they really judge you and they really care, do you want them in your life? Anybody that does not inspire, promote, encourage, facilitate, and foster your growth as a conscious expression of this universe... It's worth considering whether they are worth the cognitive expenditure it takes to maintain the facade that allows you to be appropriate for them. So we alter our beliefs, we alter our speech, we alter our perception of our needs, we alter our desires, we adjust our dreams, limit our potential, and we choose how we dress 
depending on how that will be accepted. Bummer, dude. The tribe accepts us, but what is the us that they're accepting? This half-baked, frustrated version of our fullest self that has been fragmented into a box based on confabulatory mechanisms of society derived from a fear-based mentality, a production line of people emerging out of the age of industry so that we may be better workers, better robots. And this conformity, this social conformity, isn't limited to, you know, corporate structures and blue-collar jobs. I'm saying these levels of oppression occur even in the most supposedly free-thinking communities. Because each thing that is done, career that is done, artistry, craft, carries with it a certain identity, these certain connotations. Like in order to be an artist or a musician, you must be brooding and sentimental and reflective and quiet. To be a yoga teacher, you must be you know, vegan and source soul of your clothes via fair trade, even if we don't really know what that means. And we got to smell like patchouli and we got to light an incense in the morning. These are all neutral correlations, neutral associations. But these communities, organizations, tribes, they have their vibe. But when we're not conscious of what our vibe is, what we are naturally resonant with, what we're curious, interested, excited about, then it's easy to take on these collective norms. And then from there, we have cognitive dissonance. I, I'm a yoga teacher and I am vegan, whatever, but God damn it, I want some chicken wings. Should I hate myself for that? Why do I even want chicken wings right now? I feel so bad. I shouldn't be wanting this. I shouldn't be even thinking about meat. So we take on the identity of these collective norms, even if they're liberating. And then from that, that's only the seed. What blooms is in our mind. What blooms are the thoughts that come after that dissonance, that judgment of self for not conforming to these standards these ideas and concepts of what we should be and how. So the first layer of oppression might come from liberation, but then we add the oppression ourselves by internally judging and critiquing our natural expression of selves in relation to what we perceive that person to be. Does that make any sense? We fit in, we fit in, yes. But what is the cost, actually, of fitting in? What is the cost of never meeting yourself on open ground, unmitigated by the masks that we've been told or shown to carry around? Fitting in you all know how to do it. Most people know how to do it. You tweak the dials, you present the smiles, and 
Bob's your uncle. It's a intellectual process of observing and adapting to what you observe and thinking about what it is people want to see, what it is they see when they look at you. It's this constant cognitive dance that ends up taking you out of the moment to begin with because you're in an anticipatory state. It's like, what are they going to say? How am I going to respond? What are they going to do? What am I going to do in return? Instead of this trust that you will respond perfectly to everything that comes up because there is no other way you could have responded because free will is a myth. <laughs> Belonging, though, is a deeply sensory feeling. It's experiential. It's rooted in place and purpose and presence. When you belong, you can recognize the non-duality, the unity of existence and this reality while celebrating uniqueness and individuality and the things that make us special. When we belong, there are no masks. There are no concerns about how it is you should be perceived right now and the things you must do in order for that to happen. Belonging casts off the shackles of social oppression so that you can be what and who you are wherever you go. And the paradox of belonging is that it occurs when you stop trying. When you let go of the need to fit in. You might need to cop some shit on the chin, yeah. You might need to confront truths about your relationships and where you are in life. And if this is what you want... Do not hide from those truths. Do not hide from those questions. We grow through that discomfort. And when we let go of needing to fit in, it might feel like you're snipped free of these things that held you in place. It might feel like you're lost, like you're alone, but all you're losing is the familiarity of that comfort zone. All you're losing are the narratives constructed and maintained by the ego to shield it from itself. You're losing the bullshit. That's worth it. It's worth it. Openness and a willingness to meet the truth on steady ground with steady footing. Not running from what you see, not hiding from what you hear but allowing perception to become unobstructed so that you may be unobstructed. Your fullest, most beautiful blossoming of life, the universe expressing individuality from your very eyes, from your very soul, from wherever you are right now. And when we let go of fitting in, we find our sense of belonging, an unconditional affirmation that where you are is where you are, that what you are is beautiful, that it has a place, and that place 
comes with you wherever you go. And when you do this, when you allow your authenticity and spontaneity to come to the surface, aliveness returns, motivation returns, a purpose emerges, and you create the space and inspiration for other people to let themselves free too. Goddamn, if that ain't a treat to mankind. Well, that's all for today. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. Uh, leave some stars behind. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, leave some stars behind, you little cosmic creature. <laughs> I love you. Bye-bye.